Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to episode four of our math routines for the resource room series. Today, I am going to try really, really hard not to get on my soapbox and deliver what you need, not what I want to rant about, okay? So I'll try really hard. I make no promises. On second thought, maybe I should just say it and then edit it all out and I'll feel really good in the end. Either way, here we go. Let's talk about critical skills. What I am calling quote unquote critical skills will vary depending on your student, depending on their grade level, depending on their ability level. But I believe that yes, computation and word problems and math facts, I believe all of those things are important. And honestly, they should get the bulk of our time. They should get a good chunk of our 20 or 30 minutes together. However, I think there are other skills that our students are fully capable of doing and might even be an important life skill. And if we just take the time, if we dedicate a few minutes to that, we can really help them make gains in math. Some of these critical skills are big mama things that we might be avoiding. I will not lie. I will not sugarcoat. That's what I think. Some of these things like telling time or counting money, you might be a little scared of. You might be like, oh, Amanda, I don't want to do that. That's so hard. It takes so long. And I agree 100%. Oftentimes at the beginning of a new school year, I am like, oh my God, why is it so hard for them to tell time? Or, oh, why is it so hard to count money? Because my last group was so good at it. Well, they didn't start good at it. We worked on it for half of the year, three quarters of the year, the whole year, whatever it might be. We spent time on it and it slowly became easier for them. So at the beginning of a new year or with a new student or a new group, sometimes it's like, oh. Why, why, why? But it takes time. So right now, I give you permission with some of those critical skills for them to start out really ugly. For it to be you doing a lot of the work and your students copying a lot of what you ask them to write down. I fully give you permission for that. Because that's real life. It is totally okay for when you start working on that skill for it to be ugly. Actually, I expect it to be ugly. I expect it to be like two or three weeks of misery before you even get to the point where it's like, oh, they can kind of tell me one answer. I can prompt them to get an answer. Not doing it independently yet, that's okay. But I can like kind of get them there. That's okay. Take the time. Now, I kind of want to give you a list of what I would consider critical skills. This will honestly vary depending on the age of your students, the ability of your students, even just the amount of time that you have to dedicate to that. So some things to consider would be 
algebraic expressions. Things like seven minus blank equals three and filling in that mystery number. That is something that oftentimes some of my older kids who are maybe even working on multiplication don't even understand what to do to find that mystery number. They've never talked about the inverse or the opposite operation and that we could use that to solve some of those. And so then when they go to take a test and they see that and I'm looking at them like, come on, this is easy. Get it done. They don't even know how to use their resources like their multiplication chart or their hundreds chart to even figure out that. They don't even know what it's asking them. But we can take the time to figure that out together. I think the same is true of rounding numbers. Oftentimes, that's something that gen ed kids pick up very quickly. Every grade level covers it maybe to the tens or to the hundreds or to the thousands or to the hundred thousands and the millions, those big digits in upper grades. Everybody covers it for a week or so, and then they move on. And our kids were just starting to kind of get it, just starting to kind of understand it, and then you moved on. So they didn't really get a chance to practice it. And then when it comes up on tests later, it's like they've never seen it because they haven't done it in six weeks or six months. So for me, that's something that I practice every other day with a lot of my kids so that it's fresh in their mind. Because honestly, they're, they get pretty good at finding where's the hundreds place, where's the thousands place, or the tens place. They're, they're fine with that. They're pretty good with, is it five and above or four or less? Pretty good with that. And it takes some time. I even have prompts. I'll be like, okay, everything before it, and ask them to kind of fill in. Everything before it stays the same. Everything after that changes to a zero. And so we do that so much together that they can start to get it on their own. But in my honest opinion, I don't think a week, two weeks in class is enough for them to get it. They need more time with that. That's an easy skill. But not if you have no idea what rounding means, where those place value spots are. If you don't even have an understanding, what is it asking me to do? What does it mean when I round a number? We talk about things like that. We take time to practice it every day or every other day in a lot of my groups. Another skill that I think is incredibly easy for students to master is finding the area or finding the perimeter. Because oftentimes, if they can add or they can multiply or they can use their resources like a multiplication chart, you can do simple area. You can show that you understand what that is. But again, if they don't even know what the words area or perimeter mean, then how on earth are they going to show what the area is or what the perimeter is? And so that's something that, again, in my groups, we just talk about regularly. It's just part of what we're doing all the time. So that, again, it's going to look ugly, but we're going to get better at it over time. Telling time is another skill that I think looks ugly initially. You want to avoid it like the plague. But you know what? Even in my opinion, some of our gen ed students, the two weeks that it might come up in math curriculum is not enough. And our kids especially, not even considering the gen ed kids, but our kids especially really, really need more time with that. However, my kids get pretty good at telling time after a while because first we focus on the little hand. We have to know when that little hand falls between the two and the three, am I saying two o'clock or am I saying three o'clock? 
Am I saying 210 or 310? That is a skill. And we first start there. At the beginning of the year, that's all we're doing. I don't care about the minute hand. Then as the year progresses, we start working on counting by five so that we can tell, is it 220, 230, 240, 245, what is it? So it's just something that we take tiny, tiny chunks. We do it over and over and over again. They get to watch me do some of that work and over time become more confident and more independent in telling time. I think counting money is very similar. We might start by just counting nickels or dimes because that's counting by fives or tens, which we're very good at. Later, we might transition to, okay, what if I have a couple of dimes and a couple of nickels? Counting by 25s is something that we might make up a little chant or a little song so that we're saying those in kind of a rhythmic way where it makes sense to kids. We can do it, but it takes time. None of it happens overnight, but we have to take the time to practice some of those critical skills. And to be honest, telling time and counting money are life skills. Our kids need that. They need to be able to count money. They need to be able to tell time. Yeah, I know on our phones, a lot of times it's going to say it in numbers and we don't have to read it analog clock, but it's still important. It's still something that other people are going to look down on you when you don't know how to do those things. Or when you're 25 years old working at a fast food restaurant and somebody has to tell you how to count money and you're struggling with that. We can help, but it takes time. I could honestly go on and on and on about things that are easy because math is the same. Math is a process that if we just take the time to practice it and practice it and practice it, we can do it. Or I should say most students, I would never generalize that, hey, everybody's going to be able to do it. But most of our students can get these things. They can tackle these things. But we have to give them the time and the opportunities to do it with the caveat that it's when they're ready for it. Did they learn how to tell time in first and second grade? Yeah, they were taught it. They were exposed to it. But have they mastered it? No, they weren't ready for it in first grade. They weren't ready for it in second grade. But now that they're in fourth grade and they know how to count by fives, maybe now they're ready for it. Maybe now when we give them the time, they can do that. It's all about when and then how long are we willing to stay committed to that skill. So I encourage you to start thinking of what are the skills that are important to you? What are the skills that you think are important for your students to learn at various levels? And how can you do that every single day or every single week or every other day to create a routine where, yeah, it might be miserable at first, but after 10 weeks of it, 20 weeks of it, most of the year, you're getting there and you're proud of their progress. That way, when you're sitting like me, watching them take the, these tests at the end of the year, you're not ready to beat your head against the wall like, oh my gosh, why can't you figure out that that's a seven? It, the missing number is a seven. Come on. And honestly, I feel like if we're being honest, that has happened to every single one of us at some point in time. And we have to do something to fix that. We have to give them the chance to work on some of these critical skills. In my small group, this takes about five minutes. I have a page that we do that has an array of skills. 
if we get it done, great. If we don't, fine. No worries, no stress, no harm, no foul. And just to be completely transparent, this is literally the first thing to go if I'm running short on time. So let's say a behavior or a meeting or the gen ed teacher says, hey, is there any way you could finish this or look at this or we're taking a math test or something like that? This is the first thing to go when I'm short on time. So I am not saying that every single day this gets done without fail. Sometimes I toss it. Sometimes we just don't have this five minutes. But most of the time, we're able to get that done. If you have been listening to all four episodes of this series, first off, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to grow and learn and try new things with your students, to introduce routines. Maybe you do several of these things and now you can add in a couple of other pieces. I thank you for that and I appreciate you for being here. But I also want to remind you that I have a free week of intervention that you can download. It's linked in the show notes. And with that, you will have the computation, the math facts, the word problems, as well as the critical skills that I think are important for various levels. And if you want to grab that, you can get that free week. That way you can see if it's a match for your students. You can start to trial and error some of the levels and and that kind of things with your kids. So I encourage you, go to the show notes, download that free week. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to hit reply to any of the emails that I send after you download that free week. Next week, we'll start a few weeks of interviews, and I've already recorded them. Like, as I'm recording this critical skills episode, I've already recorded some of these interviews, and I really loved them. Actually, I love all interviews. I think I could talk about special education all day, but these are some good ones, and I walked away with a lot of valuable tips and freebies, things to try, um... So I'm just excited to share that with you. But then after a few weeks of our interviews, then I'll be rolling out a similar series to the math where we talk about reading routines for the resource room. I can't wait to share it with you. And more importantly, I can't wait to hear your thoughts, your feedback, the things that you're trying once these episodes roll out. So have a great week, my friend. I'll talk to you next week. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.